what we do today is going to determine how we weather this crisis and the future crises and whether or not we are going to take care of all the people in this country or just the white ones. That's a choice for us to make. Welcome back once again to Exit 43. In this edition, we're going to complete our mini-series on inequity, which, quite frankly, I've begun to feel ill-equipped to cover. We've interviewed dozens of people now on the subject, starting before the protests against police brutality began. I asked every one of them for solutions, to speculate what could be done to ameliorate the inequities that resulted in higher death rates from COVID-19 and other diseases, as well as the rampant police brutality being protested against around the nation. We'll revisit some of the people you already heard from and introduce you to a few new folks, starting with Ashley Blunt. There is a lack of empathy uh, for folks the darker your skin. Um, and that's my most honest and fair answer. Um, and it pains me to say that. So that is something that's embedded in the fabric of the country. That is something that I would hope COVID-19 would reveal to folks how deep the hatred is for Black folks in this country. Before coronavirus, Blunt had been working for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund on education equity. But more recently, she's begun working with a coalition of grassroots advocates trying to cancel rent. I mean, how much, how much stress and um, tension will be taken away if you knew that this one thing, this housing is secure? I mean, your home is, you know, this is not a cliche, but your home is where your heart is. Um, it's where you make your food, it's where you learn your lessons, it's where you bathe, it's, it's where your precious things are. So to have that in place definitely helps quite a bit. And with that understanding, you know, folks are already going through a rough time that this should really, this needs to be on the folks who have the tools and resources to apply for relief. Canceling rent will also provide relief to undocumented folks who are already facing like overwhelming job loss and who can't receive COVID-19 benefits. This will also cover people who were already in back rent. You know, I know, I know folks who already missed rent in February, not to mention March, April, May, um, and then we're in about June and July. And then to have to cover three months at one time, that's just not going to do. Harriet Washington is a medical ethicist and author. As I said, you know, the path to solving this is to recognize that we're dealing with racism. We're dealing with a system, not just individuals. We're dealing with a system that treats African-Americans, treats Native Americans, and treats Hispanic Americans differently than it treats whites. And by differently, I mean less well. That is our problem. Lorenzo Jones is the co-executive director at the Catal Center for Health, Equity, and Justice. Like an immediate solution probably has a lot more to do with their relationship with their landlord than it has to do with their relationship to like, you know what I'm saying, like the global pandemic. It's the relation, it's like my, it's like the parents. So if you think about this, not as marginalized or poor people, and you kind of group them differently as parents or grandparents raising grandchildren, right? But if you're a grandparent raising a grandchild 
whose child is locked up because of the drug war or because of they're in, j- in prison, right? If that's you, right? Like the thing that you want right now, the most immediate thing you need right now is a cost of living adjustment. You see, you need transportation, right? You need a laptop. You need internet service in your house, right? Those, so like inside, if you were asked that question from a kitchen table in that community, I think the answers will be a lot more like tangible, right? If you answer it for people who want to do something to help those communities, then the answer is going to be a lot more grandiose and satisfying. It's a lot less satisfying to say, oh, we got 10 people internet service so their kids could do, they, they could do homeschooling. People thought that those kind of services and aid was already happening. And now what happens, talk about kitchen table, all the mutual aid people who everybody called do-gooders and tree-huggers and kind of like, you know, like Harry Krishnas, right? <laughs> right? All of the mutual aid folks are now like the center of resources for people in those communities. So the answer would be more money into like the legal law clinic, right? That's helping people defend themselves. More money into the bail funds that's bailing people out for Mother's Day and Father's Day. More money in the mutual aid. But those are the things that we've been talking about. <laughs> that ain't changed. Mesa Akbar is an author, a clinical psychologist, and a specialist in racist trauma. It is so important for us to take ownership over what that's going to look like for us in the future. So if we know that we are more susceptible to corona because of pre-existing conditions like obesity, you know, like heart disease, like diabetes, which are controllable if we make the right choices around our nutrition, our physical health, our mental health, then we got to get this right as a community, right? Part of it is making a decision to say, okay, what are the resources that I have inside of my community to be able to begin to heal myself, heal my body in ways that don't make, don't put me at such high risk in these categories. Christina Quaranta runs the Connecticut Juvenile Justice Alliance. It's time to start to close some of those inequities that we all know exist and release young people with resources um, safely to homes, right? We have been asking for that and they haven't. And so I think if, if, no, in my opinion, if detention centers, if the Department of Correction prisons, if regions was filled with um, kids who did not look like black and brown young people, right? If they're filled with white kids, there would be a plan already figured out of where they were going to go, how they were going to be released safely with resources, you know, what their education looks like, connecting them with a mentor, all of that would have already been figured out. It's a great example to show why we need, you know, telecommunication inside of facilities, why more money needs to be invested into young people and communities to keep them out in the first place, right? Because we wouldn't have to be putting together all of these plans to get young people out of facilities with resources if they weren't there in the first place. So that means having intensive community-based wraparound programs for families and kids, investing in education, making sure they have proper food, enough nutrition you know, enough nutrition at home, making sure they have what they need in terms of parents feeling economically stable or families being economically stable, things like that. The correct opportunities being extended to all kids of Connecticut and not just certain ones. Hope Wallensack is a political consultant. She's worked with, among others, 
Stacey Abrams' campaign in Georgia? I mean, I think it's a few things. I, I think it is certainly voting. I think there's a piece of this that if we had different people in office, we would have different outcomes, maybe. But I also think a piece of this is that our the people who are currently in office, especially people who are well-positioned in safe seats, being more courageous. I just, there's so many issues that we know what the solution is. And yes, it's a matter of political power and, and whatever, not having control in certain places. But there have been times where, let's say, more progressive folks have had political power and we haven't, we haven't passed certain reforms. Um, and so I think it's having a political imagination and political courage. And at this point, inaction is immoral. And we'll finish where we started, with Ashley Blunt, who said that all of these issues and all of these solutions are interconnected. Think about how the system, how higher ed, where it's placed, um, how higher ed uh, institutions are placed in these uh, communities where black and brown folks live, and they little to much do not have access to them. Um, and that's how all those systems are in play, because generally in those black and brown communities, those, uh, you know, public school education, those K through 12, um, do not have all the resources to then provide our youth with the tools that they need to then get into those higher institutions, higher ed institutions that are right in their communities, which then also plays a part in mental health and emotional stability. You know, it's something right here in your neighborhood that you cannot access. Um, we talk about food insecurity, how we're in a food desert, the closest place to get fresh food is the corner store and, you know, the prices are inflated. Like this, this thing goes round and round. Uh, we talk about healthcare system and lack of care and having clinics and the nearest hospital is not in your neighborhood or does not, the hospital that is in your neighborhood does not provide adequate care. It's known as the not good hospital or the bad hospital or the one you don't want to go to. Um, we also know how in these neighborhoods, uh, talk, speaking about police brutality and how that system comes into play, how many substations are there in Hartford? I mean, if we have replaced them with, uh, you know, supermarkets, we'll be in much better position. So that's how those things go well and well. You can't talk about health without talking about education. You just can't talk about one part of this oppressive system and not talk about the other and how that then affects Black folks. Thanks to Harriet Washington, Ashley Blunt, Lorenzo Jones, Mesa Akbar, Christina Quaranta, and Hope Woolensack. This is Exit 43. My name is Jordan Fenster. As always, if you have a story you'd like to tell or just need to reach out, please send me an email at jordan.fenster at hearstmediact.com. And thank you for listening. Exit 43 is a production of Hearst, Connecticut Media. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to our newspapers by visiting ctinsider.com. Find more episodes of Exit 43 on our website or wherever you go for podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Spotify.